This is the day the Lord has made, so let us rejoice and be glad in it. I am delighted you've joined me tonight for this worship service. Welcome to Hal Brady Ministries. If you want to see some of these sermons, they're on my website, and that is halbradyministries.com, and I invite you to go to that website. Now would you please hear the Word of God as we read it from the Scriptures, Matthew chapter 6, beginning at verse 7. When you are praying, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do. For they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Pray then in this way, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not bring us to the time of trial. This is the word of God for the people of God, Thanks be to God. Would you join me, please, for prayer? O oh God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in thy sight. May your will be done, nothing more, nothing less, nothing else. It's through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. A little five-year-old girl dies of bone cancer. A religious friend seeking to comfort her distraught mother says it was the will of God. A tornado crosses a wide path across one of our cities or towns. Human life and property are lost and destroyed. The town or city will never be the same again. Someone says it was the will of God. A teenage boy or girl was killed in a traffic accident. Regardless of the carelessness involved, someone says it was the will of God. 
No expression has been more blasphemously misused than expressions related to the will of God. Some people who claim to know their Bibles and know them well get in all kinds of troubles when they start dealing with the will of God. And this kind of misunderstanding quite frequently will cause great harm in theology. So what do we mean when we pray this petition of the Lord's Prayer, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven? Certainly it's related to the affirmation, hallowed be your name. It also has something to do with the desire, thy kingdom come. To want God's will is to imply that humankind's ultimate destiny is to obey the eternal God. Pray then like this, Jesus said, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. To pray your will be done is to acknowledge our trust in God's goodness. It's to acknowledge our trust in God's goodness. Undoubtedly, the most important words in the world are the words your will be done. But it's equally important the frame of mind in which we pray these words, how we bring them up. We can pray your will be done in a tone of bitter resentment or defeated resignation with no thought whatever of being able to do anything about it. There was a book, it's called Encouraged to Change. It was Hostility of Reinhold Niebuhr. In that book, June Bingham tells a story that Niebuhr himself liked to tell. Niebuhr wanted her to go to walk with him. And so he exclaimed the virtues of getting out in the fresh air and of taking exercise. Finally, she decided to go, even though she didn't want to go. But after they had walked, he said to her, aren't you glad you decided to come? She said, I didn't decide. You were just bigger. And so many people pray the Lord's Prayer that way. Your will be done. They don't particularly want the will. God is just bigger. Oh, we pray that phrase, your will be done, out of the relationship that Jesus had with God. He tells us to pray out of our intimate relationship with God, where we call God Father, Abba, Daddy, or Papa. Jesus prayed that prayer in the full confidence that God was able to do for his children what was in their best interest. And that's the way he wants us to pray it as well. Beloved, two paramount and basic facts enable us to pray sincerely, your will be done. One is the acceptance of the wisdom of God. We know ourselves to be temporary and God to be eternity. We see through a knot hole in a fence. And because we see through that little knot hole in the fence, our vision is severely limited. God sits above the fence. Consequently, God sees everything. Consequently, God knows what's best for all his children. Lloyd Ogilvy, who was a former chaplain of the United States Senate, said one time he was asked to introduce Mary Crowley, the great Christian businesswoman of Dallas, Texas. He said she was going to speak at the prayer breakfast. And so he said he decided to talk to her before the breakfast to find out more about her. And he said, I want the secret of your life. I want the secret of your success. I want to know the secret. This is what he discovered. He said that Mary Crowley trusted the Lord and his unfolding wisdom for her life. You see, she trusted the wisdom of God in her life. There's a story of an older minister who preached once a year in this industrial mill town on the stars. In other words, even though his people were very much involved in, in selling and buying cloth, he sort of studied astronomy. And he would always want to talk to them about the vast distance of God and of the distance between the galaxies of the universe and the great plan of God. Well, one morning, his associate came in after he had preached his annual sermon, 
And his associate says, you know, I don't see the use of you preaching that sermon every year because these people just simply buy and sell cloth in this mill village. And the older minister replied and said, son, it doesn't do any use at all, but it greatly enlarges my idea of God. If we are going to pray, your will be done, our idea of God has got to be greatly enlarged, enlarged to the point where we trust in God for all things. And then the second reason we can pray your will be done in such wonderful affirmation is the love of God, the love of God. I want you to listen to these words, please. Listen to this. Is anybody there, said the traveler, knocking on the moonlight door, and his horse in the silence chomped the grasses of the forest ferny floor, and a bird flew up out of the turret above the traveler's head, and he spoke upon the door again a second time. Is anybody there, he said, but no one descended to the traveler. No head from the leaf-fringed sill leaned over and looked into his gray eyes where he stood perplexed and still. Is anybody there? Is the house of this universe empty? Is anybody there? Jesus said, Father. Now until the angels come down with their own dictionary, we're going to have to use human words to speak about God. And there is no human word greater in acknowledging our yearning for God and our hope for God in this life and in the life to come than the word Father, than the word Father. George Matheson leaned on the Father's love. George Matheson went to a doctor as a teenager and the doctor told him he was going to be blind. When he finished his studies, he was blind. What happened was his girlfriend that he had become engaged to simply gave him his ring back and she said, I don't see myself living and being married to a blind man. Well, this broke his heart, but George Matheson continued his work as a minister. He was a poet. He did all the things he should do. Well, then what happened was when he came to the time of being with his, himself about all of this, he simply wrote that, that wonderful musical piece about not being away from God, not being away from God. George Matheson depended on God's love. And so those are the two reasons we can pray, pray your will be done in a great affirmation. First, the wisdom of God. We trust the wisdom of God. And second, the love of God. We trust the love of God. And then secondly, to pray your will be done is not simply to passively accept something that happens to us, but rather to make response to something that we help make happen. Matthew, the gospel writer of Matthew, is the only one that included this phrase, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He was the only one that included that. So to understand the meaning of it, we need to see what the writer of Matthew thought this phrase meant. To the writer of Matthew, the will of God is always an active phrase. It does not refer to something that happens to us. It refers to something that we help to make happen. For instance, there is a story in Matthew's gospel where Jesus and his brothers, because they were somewhat skeptical of Jesus' public ministry, went to him and wanted him to come with them. He dismissed them. He declined to go, and he dismissed them as his family. You remember what he said? Who is my brother, my mother? Who are my brothers? And then he said, he or she that does the will of my father is my brother, my sister, and my mother. And then there's another story in Matthew's gospel about a farmer that had two sons. And he said to his older son, he said, son, I want you to go out today and hold sunflowers out of corn. 
His son had a surly look, and he said, stick it in your ear. Well, the father went to the second son. He said, I want you to go out into the field and hold a day. He said, Dad, I'd be glad to. So he left. Well, something happened to this second son along the way. Maybe some friends or acquaintances said, come on, let's go get some refreshments. Or maybe they said, come on, let's go shoot some baskets. At any rate, when the father went out into the field to find that second son, he never found him. He wasn't there. But as he walked along, he found the first son, the one who said he wasn't going. But he was out there, perspiration dripping from his face. And then Jesus said, the one who did the will of his father was the main one, the one who did the will of his father. And that is so important for us to realize. Do we understand what he's meaning when he talks about the will of God? He's saying the will of God does not simply refer to our passive acceptance of the inevitable. The will of God refers to something that we help to make happen. It's not a picture of somebody sitting with hands resigned, face down. It's the picture of somebody with eyes and ears open and hands busy at the task, and hands busy at the task. Do you know there was a, an old deacon that ended every prayer meeting by saying something along this line, Lord, sweep the cobwebs from our souls. And after every Wednesday night prayer meeting, he would pray the same thing, Lord, sweep the cobwebs from our souls. Well, finally one night, a lady behind him became a little bit disturbed, and she simply said, for goodness sake, Lord, help us to kill the spiders. That's the idea. Not just sweep the cobwebs from our souls, but help us to kill the spiders. Not passive acceptance. It is active response. You know, one of my grandsons sings in a church youth choir. And my wife and I went to hear him sing their homecoming concert the other day. They were absolutely terrific. They were magnificent. But in one of the songs, they not only sang it, they acted it out. Individuals acted out. And it was the parable of the Good Samaritan. The parable of the Good Samaritan. And I remember it was the Levite and the priest who looked at the wounded man on the highway and they said something like this. Someone else will surely come. Why should I be the one? They sang that again and again. Someone else will surely come. Why should I be the one? The reason you should be the one is because the will of God says and wants you to be the one. So when we pray the will of God, we're not simply passively accepting something out of resignation. We are actively helping to make something happen in our response. And then thirdly, to pray your will be done is to want to be conformed to the image of Christ. Is to want to be conformed to the image of Christ. In Matthew's gospel, Jesus says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, is going to enter the kingdom of heaven, but he or she that does the will of my Father who is in heaven. I remember a story in a southern mountain church where this deacon said to the pastor and the other deacons, I think we ought to have a chandelier in this church. The second deacon got up and said, I oppose that. The pastor said to the second deacon, why do you suppose getting a chandelier? The second deacon said, well, first of all, nobody can spell it in this church. Second, nobody can play it in this church. And he said, what we need in this church is more light, more light. So what about the kingdom of God? What we need is more light, more light. First of all, conformity to Christ. We will never fully understand the will of God if we don't know the story of Christ. Saul of Tarsus thought he understood the will of God. He thought that he needed to persecute the Christians. 
because these Christians were going against the Jewish faith. He needed to defend the faith, so he went and tried to stamp it out and to stop it. He thought he knew the will of God. It was not until he confronted Jesus on the road to Damascus that he understood that he was wrong. We will never fully understand the will of God if we do not understand Jesus Christ. That is so true. Secondly, righteous living. Righteous living. Some people go around with their Bibles all the time, and what are they saying? Oh, I wish I knew the will of God. I wish I knew the will of God. Well, the will of God is spelled out in the Bible. We know that we shouldn't be sleeping with somebody else's spouse. The Bible is clear on that. We know we shouldn't be having sexual relationships outside of marriage, the bond of holy matrimony. The Bible is clear on that. We know we shouldn't lie, steal, or chill. Kill. The Bible is clear on that. We know we should raise our children by the standards of God. The Bible is clear on that. We know we should not have prejudice toward other people. We should love other people. The Bible is perfectly clear on all of that. The will of God is spread out for us. You know, I've been reading a book about Jackie Robinson. You remember Jackie Robinson was the first African-American baseball player to break into the big leagues. Well, Jackie Robinson received all kinds of abuse and injustices along the way. Branch Rickey, who was the legendary manager of the Brooklyn Dodgers, called Jackie Robinson in and he said, you're going to be the first African-American ball player to play in the major leagues, and you've got to prepare the way for other African-American players. So he said, you should not respond in kind when people treat you unjustly and when people treat you badly. Do not respond in kind. And so Jackie Robinson said, with the help of God, I can do it. And he did it. You see, Branch Rickey and Jackie Robinson both believed it was the will of God for him not to respond to the injustices and abuses that he took. And he took many injustices and abuses. But you see, because they believed it was the will of God, it had to do with righteous living. Righteous living. And then compassion. Compassion. Now the word compassion, as far as the will of God is concerned, goes much further. The will of God is how we treat other people. The will of God is our love for the kingdom. That's what compassion has to do. Compassion gets beyond just righteous living. Compassion has to do with love for the kingdom of God. We're supposed to be God's instruments in the world today. Compassion is becoming those instruments. A couple of weeks ago, we had the South Georgia Annual Conference meeting in Macon, Georgia. And we had the theme of that conference, the least of these. I love that theme. We were all... And we took checks and financial support for an offering to give to world hunger, to help with world hunger. Then we also, the next morning, a number of people, hundreds of them, went and packed all kinds of supplies for people who are in tragic situations and circumstances. They prepared the bags of relief that were going to go to those people. And then we gave funds to, and we brought supplies to fulfill our welfare ministries. All of this had to do with the will of God. No question about that. When Francis of Assisi was dealing with the lepers of Italy, he was praying for them. He suddenly discovered that in his prayer, God wanted him to do more than pray. So he went and lived with them. He helped with their wounds. And then he developed leprosy. He suffered with them. And then witness, witness. Jesus said, go everywhere and witness. Let me ask you a question. Here's a question for you. Who in your life has most helped you to find freedom or fulfillment as a person. It may be a Christian or it may not be. The question, next question is, how did they help you? 
You may say, well, somebody listened to me, they encouraged me, they affirmed me, they forgave me, they helped me in a number of practical, down-to-earth ways. You see, the people who helped you were the evangelists. The way they helped you was the good news. Now, all of us can go out and deliver the same kind of good news to other people. Ultimately, the will of God is about one thing. The will of God is about being conformed to the image of Christ. That's what we mean when we say, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let us be conformed to the will of Christ and the image of Christ and the compassion of Christ. Let us pray. Lord, we're grateful for this particular petition of the Lord's Prayer. Help us, O God, truly to receive Christ anew and to become instruments in his hands for a world of great need. Thank you, O God, for all of these who are listening to this program. I pray that you bless them and strengthen them and use them. Keep us all close to you and to one another. Bless our nation and our world. It's in the name of Christ. Amen. Thank you for being with us tonight, and I trust that you'll invite others to join us on these Thursday evenings. Bless you, and may God continue to make you a blessing. Amen. Good night. Thank you for listening to Dr. Hal Brady, whose television broadcast is seen weekly in Atlanta on the Atlanta Interfaith Broadcasters Network. Dr. Brady's sermons are also available online and ministry updates are posted on Facebook.
With your help, we are able to share the gospel online and on the air. So please consider a donation to Hal Brady Ministries. Donations can be mailed to Hal Brady Ministries, Inc., Post Office Box 1367, Decatur, Georgia, 30031, or you can give securely online at halbradyministries.com. We are grateful for your prayers and support and hope you'll continue to partner with us. If you have any prayer requests, please be in touch. Thank you.